Retrospective Podcast, Episode 12. Hello and welcome to the Retrospective Podcast. My name is Dean Abbott and I am the author of the essays found at my website, deanabbott.com, and host of this companion podcast. Each week I compose a new essay and read it here. Text versions of the essays can be found in the column archive at deanabbott.com. The podcasts can be found at retrospectivepodcast.podbean.com or in the iTunes store. If you like the show, I'd ask that you stop by the iTunes page and write a review. Of course, I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to contact the show, you can do so by emailing me at retrospectivepodcast at gmail.com. Before I start this week's show, I'd like to let you know that I've launched a second podcast. This one is a long-form show devoted to retro and Americana topics. You can hear it at neighborhoodalmanac.podbean.com. I've been using Podbean for both the Retrospective Podcast and Your Neighborhood Almanac. As I was trying to upload last week's Retrospective Podcast, Podbean told me I had exceeded my storage limit. This means that for a while, whenever I post a new episode... An old episode will disappear. I hope to have this remedied soon. Now, here's this week's essay. When I was a kid, Batman made me nervous. All superheroes did. Reading a comic book or watching a television show featuring a superhero was guaranteed to leave me an excited wreck. Above all, I worried the hero's secret identity would be discovered. If the Joker pulled off the Batman's cowl, he might as well kill him, it seemed to me, since either way, the game was over. This childhood anxiety helps explain why, when it came time to create my own crime-fighting alter ego, I took steps to safeguard it thoroughly. My success in this endeavor is obvious given that until a few days ago, not only was that alter ego hidden from the world, it was also hidden from me. Still, I had long suspected I bore some similarities to Bruce Wayne. By day, he's a dashing millionaire, and by night, a fearless scourge to the forces of wickedness. I, on the other hand, have managed, through a miracle of self-restraint, to avoid becoming either of these. Instead, I have, through an iron will and an unusual tolerance for danger, molded myself into a diffident academic who gets winded climbing the stairs to his office. It's a pretty convincing cover. I first became aware of my secret identity a few days ago when, arriving home with the family, I stumbled upon my first case. My law enforcement career was launched, as I'm sure is the case with so many other lawmen, by parking. The parking spot along the street in front of our house is highly desired. Sometimes we get it, other times we park down the block. When we turned into our street this day, another car was sitting there and we drove on to find a place to stow the van. With two children in the van and a dog in the house who has a penchant for charging through open doors, getting everyone into the house and keeping inside everyone who should not be outside becomes a project complex enough that if this were a government operation, they'd have called the Corps of Engineers. To resolve the problem, I leapt out and headed for the house to lock up the dog. 
The plan was for the missus to bring in the baby. I'd return immediately for the four-year-old. On the way to the house, I noticed something odd. Our neighbor likes to sit sometimes on his front porch. We are on friendly terms, so as I passed, I looked up and greeted him. The odd thing was that the man who greeted me back was not my neighbor. Instead, it was a stranger up there, a lanky fellow with white hair and a day's worth of stubble. I'd have guessed he was in his sixties. In the corner of our yard, a little red pocketbook lay, its contents partially strewn around the bushes. I gathered it up and dropped it into the pocket of my jacket. When I returned from securing our jittery hound, the missus was coming up the sidewalk, the baby in her arms. The stranger was sidling away. When he approached our van where my daughter still sat, he slowed. He leaned in a little, clearly checking it out. In that instant, it all came together. In what I will forever remember as my magnum P.I. moment, I experienced crime fighters gestalt. When everyone was safely inside, I asked the missus if the situation seemed weird to her. She said it did. I flourished the abandoned pocketbook. Does it seem even stranger that this pocketbook was lying in our yard, I said. The missus called the neighbors to ask if they had a guest. Nope, they did not. Okay, the missus said, I'm calling the police. Before dialing the cops, the missus suggested I look outside to see if the perp was present. Take your phone, she said, and try to get his picture. I opted to step it up. I grabbed the camera and headed out. He was no longer on our street. I slid into the van and rolled away. I spotted him a couple of streets down. He was tugging on car doors. I called the missus. She called the police. I went around the block. I pulled to a stop at one intersection and noticed he was walking toward me. I snapped a quick picture or two and drove on. Another trip around the block and he seemed to have vanished. Just as though I was about to head home, I spotted him, this time hanging around a station wagon parked in an alley. I called the missus. She called the police. I drove on. Looping back once more, I spotted him. He was busy this time, too. He was busy explaining himself to a couple of police officers who, I'm sure, had a few pointed questions. I pointed the van toward home. An officer came by soon afterward to retrieve the pocketbook. After examining the driver's license it contained, he determined it belonged to the driver of the car parked in the coveted space directly in front of our home. She was in the house across the street. The creeper got off with a ticket for walking around with an open container of booze. Because no one had actually seen him rummaging about in a car, the cop said, they couldn't charge him. Still, they know him now, and he knows which neighborhood to stay out of. I tell this story to send a message. From this day on, let the word go forth to the criminal underworld that though they may evade the law, though they may squeak past prosecution, though they might for a while hide from the forces of justice, their days are numbered should they take to messing with a professor in a minivan. This has been the Retrospective Podcast. Thank you for listening.